What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So I don't know if it's the retrograde that is happening as I'm recording this intro, but I forgot my intro, which is so crazy. I don't have it written down anywhere, but I always remember it by heart whenever I come on the show. It's like instinct. I press record, the intro comes out, but we are struggling today, my love. So it goes a little something like this. Welcome back to Manifest Daily. If you're new here, welcome. I know I'm saying welcome twice, but welcome, welcome. My name is DeAndre Nicola. I'm the host of the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Hopefully you enjoy this episode. Hopefully you enjoy the vibes. You enjoy just everything, okay? And of course, if you're an OG listener, you already know the vibes, you already know what's going on, and I'm sure you're back because you enjoy it. So welcome back, my love. I'm super excited to have you tuned in for another episode of Your Fave. So today is a guest episode, and it is one that I have had in the vault for a while. If you've heard me reference the vault, it's the fact that I am constantly doing these guest recordings, and I feel like I don't want to overwhelm y'all with, you know, a lot of these. And so I kind of keep them in the vault, and when I feel called to, when it feels right, when my content calendar is lacking, I insert a guest episode. And today we are chatting with Haley Fountain. So imagine that you are struggling with a range of health problems. Perhaps you are experiencing severe acid reflux. Maybe it's allergies. Perhaps it's asthma, like myself, who has developed allergies after having COVID. Or perhaps it's just simply crippling anxiety. This might be your current story, or maybe it's something that you experienced in the past, but this was also Haley's story. By the time Haley got to college, she was on a regular diet of countless pills to simply sustain her health. And she was craving a different way of doing things. I'm sure you have been there. Often for a lot of us, we are pushed to our rock bottom. We are pushed to our brink. We are pushed to the edge, baby. And that is the way that we discover the thing that gives us the light at the end of our tunnel. So perhaps we discover a new way of moving our bodies, a new thing 
thing that we want to ingest or a new thing that we just want to energetically surround ourselves with or perhaps it looks like a letting go a release a getting rid of all of the things that are no longer serving us in order for us to really really vibrate at our highest and beautiful most beautiful energy so Haley began researching natural remedies for her various health issues as one will do it's giving very much going down the rabbit hole of WebMD. <laughs> perhaps it didn't look like that but she began researching natural remedies for her health issues and after a year of research and implementation she was taking zero pills and experiencing zero symptoms massive change after just a year and i know sometimes a year can seem like a long time but baby in the grand scheme of things a year is not that much time so today we get to hear the story of Haley. we get to experience her expertise Haley is a certified integrative nutrition health coach a certified international health coach and a member of the international association for health coaches she specializes in hormonal health for women and is a 200 hour certified yoga and meditation instructor. So our conversation is very much geared to women, very much geared to people who are our conversation today is a good one. It is one that is going to provide you maybe some additional insight. Perhaps you're struggling with some of the issues I mentioned and you kind of want to understand how you can heal from within, how you can perhaps start to do things that are very holistic in nature to heal your body, heal your mind, heal your spirit, heal everything about your life. So let's go ahead and dive into this conversation with Haley. It's been a minute since I have told y'all to grab yourself a snack. I feel like sometimes with this show I get into this kind of like almost this work mentality with Manifest Daily and you know let me be frank about it I really do regard Manifest Daily as my job I have two full-time jobs one is the director of social at a media company and the other is the founder of Manifest Daily I take it very seriously but I think sometimes because I take it so seriously I get into this mode of like oh my god how do I do the things professionally and I forget to play and play is what got me here. Play is what literally fuels my soul. Play is part of my holistic health regimen. So I have to remember to play on this show because that's, yeah, what's gotten us this far and it is what's going to get us to that next level. So grab yourself a drink, my loves, okay? Whether it's some water, I have my glass, a little ASMR next to me, a little crate and barrel glass, ribs glass with some H2O in there, some alkaline water, Okay. Get yourself some water or perhaps, my love, you are enjoying yourself a glass of wine today, whether it's a Chardonnay, <laughs> a Rosé, or just, I don't know, what are the other ones? A Cabernet, <laughs> all the A's. Or perhaps, my love, you are having yourself a shot of tequila. And I don't want to say I'm hanging up my tequila booties. I love tequila, okay? But I've been enjoying gin lately as well. So, I don't know. Do people take shots of gin? I had this thing the other day. I forget what the bartender called it, but it was essentially a shot of gin and he added some fresh lemon juice and a little bit of honey. Now, if you know what it's called, you already know. It was really good. I have never had a shot that smooth, that delicious. Okay, delicious is a strong word, but I've never had a shot that smooth in my life. It was so good. So grab yourself your water, your wine, your shot of gin and or tequila, and let's go ahead and dive into this conversation with Haley.
Hi, Haley. Welcome to Manifest Daily. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm good. It's super hot in Texas. I know you're located in Houston, right? Yes. And you're in Dallas, I think. I am. Yeah. So you're you're used to like the the three, what, what is it? Three digit temperatures these days, right? I'm not used to it. I've lived here my whole <laughs> life um, and I'm still not used to it. And I feel like it came a little bit earlier than usual this year. So I'm just trying to, you know, drink my electrolytes and stay hydrated. <laughs> Same. I always say like, think about ice cubes. Like that's what gets me through is like the mental exercise of like pretending the heat just simply isn't there. <laughs> it works sometimes. Yeah, just blast the AC. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. I'd love to start off with like a little bit of an intro. So could you tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, and what brought you into this line of work? Yes. Um, so my name is Haley Fountain. I'm a, a certified integrative nutrition health coach. I have a specialization in holistic hormonal health for women. And I'm also a, a certified yoga and meditation instructor. I've been doing this work for probably about five or six years formally and then informally kind of as a blogger and just as a lifestyle for 10 plus years. I really got started into this because of my own health journey, like most people. And I was just trying to find ways to work on my health and some of the issues I was having. I was having really painful, irregular menstrual cycles. I was having gut issues and modern medicine just wasn't giving me any solutions for what I needed. It was just like, here's another pill. Here's another pill. And for me, I was like, I want to get to the root cause of the issue. I don't want to take more medications, right? Obviously medicine has its place in health, but I want to figure out like how can can I prevent this? It's preventative health, right? So that's where I got started and it just kind of snowballed over time. And I've become very passionate, you know, today what I'm working on and what I share with my community and what I work on with my private clients is holistic hormonal health, nervous system regulation, and just being the happiest, healthiest version of yourself. And also just learning how to understand your body and be the CEO of your own body instead of outsourcing your health to other people. I love that you explain it in that way because I completely think that, you know, we live in like a collective where medicine is like just constantly pushed down our throats. And I think that medicine obviously has a place. And I do think, you know, if you need to go to the doctor, if you need medication for any sort of illness that you're struggling with, that definitely is a thing. But I also think there's something to be said about starting from the beginning, preventing it. You know, what are you feeding your body? What are you consuming through the media? What energy are you around? Like all of these different things and kind of looking at it from that holistic lens. So love that you're in this line of work very much down um, my alley as well. So let's dive into um, the nervous system regulation. So I know you talk a lot about regulating our nervous system. What are some of the common triggers that show up to dysregulate the nervous system? And then how do those stress symptoms actually appear and manifest in our lives? Yeah. So it, I'll start by kind of explaining what that nervous system response is and then what causes it. So we have this beautiful thing, this nervous system that is designed to keep us safe. It is a primal thing in our body. It is some of them are some of these responses are voluntary. Most of them are involuntary. So we have these beautiful responses and it's basically a way of saying like our body naturally is always looking for danger and threats and trying to avoid that. Right. So really important, obviously, to keep us alive. But what happens is when you experience chronic stress, when you experience trauma, especially trauma as a child, you start to have those responses, that nervous system response goes completely out of whack because your body is just trying to do everything it can to prevent any threats or or um, to keep you safe. So again, it's a good thing, but whenever you've experienced chronic stress over time, that can be challenging or trauma. Now, in terms of things that will trigger it, it is stressful events and trauma. So like I just said, what's happening is, so if you think about, if you're running from a tiger, like prior 
primally, this is how the nervous system is designed to work. There's a tiger chasing you. You're like a cave woman, right? Uh, tiger's chasing you. Your body's going to uh, amp up your stress hormones. It's going to bump up cortisol and adrenaline because it's time to get into that fight or flight mode, right? So your body's like, all right, we got to fight this tiger. Let's run, 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 run. We got all this adrenaline. And those hormones are only designed to be in your system for a small amount of time. And when you run from that tiger or you fight that tiger, then your body set, body's like, okay, now we can kind of work off all that adrenaline. Maybe like you start to shake a little bit after, like after a stressful event. And that's how your body releases all that adrenaline. And it's designed for short amounts of time to keep you safe from a threat. But what happens is now we're sitting in traffic on our way to work every day and our body doesn't know the difference between running from a tiger or the person that cut you off. So that's the challenge. And we are experiencing all these like micro stressors, but, and also your body doesn't know the difference between a physical uh, stressor, a physical threat and a psychological threat. So then now with social media, you're sitting there on your phone and somebody, you know, some troll leaves a mean comment on your Instagram feed and your body again is like running from a tiger. And then, but you're not even running, you're just sitting on your couch, right? Maybe you're about to go to bed. So as you can see it, all of these things that we're bombarded with daily now in our day-to-day lives are causing our bodies to be in this constant fight or flight and our bodies were not designed to be there. And so then what happens is now you go to your niece's birthday party, your nervous system's out of whack and your body is like starting to throw off all these stress hormones all the time because it's just got it on a clock because it's like, well, it's 2 p.m. on a Saturday. Usually at 2 p.m., my boss sends me a stressful email and I stress. So I'm just going to pump up the cortisol. So as you can see, it makes things completely go out of whack. Yeah, like I actually came across a post the other day on Instagram and it was someone talking about fight or flight and that response and how I think she, it was like a fitness coach and she had a client who was like, you know, I, I don't typically have an appetite. And so she had not been eating as much. And, you know, her coach ended up saying like, it's because you're in this fight or flight space all the time, so much so that your appetite is suppressed. And for me, it was sort of like a mind blown thing because it was so simple. But lately I've been struggling with like my appetite appetite and I've always been a person that like loves to eat like I love food I'm a tourist I'm like give me give me all the things all the food but I've been struggling with that and I kind of was just like what is going on like what are all what is affecting my appetite and I think sometimes you don't think to look at something like stress right like how is it affecting you when you're going into work and you're being bombarded with all these requests all these emails people are constantly looking for you you're constantly trying to communicate with all the people all the time doing all the things how does that actually affect your body how does that affect you know I've been struggling with sleep struggling with eating it affects so much and I think that sometimes you get so used to it we're like oh well I just don't sleep well or oh like I like forget to eat when I'm doing some and so and is, is it really that you forget to eat or is it that you're not being called to eat because you're so stressed and your body's like thinking that you're in some sort of fight right now <laughs> Exactly. And yeah, just to add to that, we, so whenever you have, whenever your body goes into that fight or flight mode, what's going to happen is a few things can happen. So your body's going to say, well, we don't, it's going to turn off basically any non-essential functions, right? So that all your energy can go to your limbs so that you can run or that you can fight. So with that, yeah, we don't need to digest food right now. We don't need to eat hunger symptoms turned off because we are in fight or flight mode, right? We got to run from this tiger. We don't have time to eat this cheeseburger. We are maybe um, either your digestion 
turns off, her body is like, well, we're just going to leave everything in the intestines right now because we don't want to have bowel movements. Like that would be very inconvenient when you're trying to run from a tiger and all of a sudden you got to, you have a bowel movement, right? Or the opposite happens. Let's empty everything out really quick. So like when people just have like chronic diarrhea, that's often a, a nervous system response. And they just like are constantly like can't stop having bowel movements. That's why that happens. So like your body might be like, okay, let's empty it out. So we're empty so we can have be a little bit lighter and run from this tiger. Also reproductive health. So fertility, uh, we don't need to make a baby right now. So let's delay ovulation. So we don't need to ovulate on our normal day because we don't want to have a baby right now. We don't want to get pregnant. We're trying to run from this tiger. So as you can see, and then again, short term, that's fine. But if long term, your body's turning off all of those uh, symptoms and all those uh, processes, that can be a big issue for you long term. Yeah. Wow. Those are definitely some ways that I think I've heard it show up in people's lives before. And I think even just kind of talking about it from the sense of like, if you're in this space where you're literally trying to like fight a thing or run away, like you're saying like, you don't need those regular functions that you typically think of on a daily basis. And when we're in that space, just on a regular day in our lives, and we're not thinking to eat or or perhaps you're constipated or all these things, like it's just so wild to me that all of that can be linked back to stress and how stress is showing up in our daily lives. Like that's so wild. What is the process then to begin to heal that? Because it sounds like most of us, if not many of us are experiencing some of these symptoms on a constant basis. So how can we actually begin to regulate our nervous system in order to alleviate that constant fight or flight stress? Yeah. So the first thing I would say, connecting with your body, and there's many ways you can do that. Many somatic practices. Somatic means just like through the body, basically. There are many somatic practices you can do. Obviously I'm a yoga instructor, so I'm a little bit biased, but I think everyone should be practicing yoga at least once a week, but ideally two plus times a week, not just for the physical fitness benefits, but because yoga is one of the few exercises that really combines the body, the breath, the mind, and even has sometimes a spiritual element depending on where you practice. So it's just a really good way to integrate the whole self. And it's really focused on like some power yoga isn't slow, but like traditional yoga is a little more slow and intentional. So it really helps you to slow down and connect to your body. Additionally, breath work. Our breath is so powerful. People don't realize and it's free. I mean, you can take breathwork workshops. That's obviously going to cost you money, but there are so many, if you, you know, anyone listening to this, if you just go on YouTube and look up the Wim Hof method, that's a great place to start doing that in the morning. Whenever you're stressed and you're in a state of, of a stress response, your body, your breathing is going to go a little more shallow because your body, again, that respiratory rate is going to go up and in order to keep that nervous system response going. So by intentionally doing deep belly breathing, so like inhaling, almost like you're expanding a balloon in your belly and then exhaling and kind of squeezing the belly button to the spine that actually activates and stimulates the vagus nerve, which is the largest nerve in your central nervous system. It goes along your spine and that will help your body go back into that rest and digest state. So simply breathing and conscious breathing. I tell a lot of my clients, just set a timer on your phone three or four times a day to remind you to take a few deep breaths. And I know that the Apple watches now have that Uh, and the Fitbits have that reminder too, which is really great. So connecting to the body, connecting to the breath, and then just intentionally setting aside time to be, you know, present wherever you are, not checking your phone, not watching TV, not responding to work emails, creating really clear boundaries of those outside influences. Obviously we all have, you know, we got bills to pay. We got responsibilities. If you're a parent, obviously there's a lot of things out of your control, but creating some time for yourself every day and especially around you know, before bed and in those first out that first hour or two when you wake up, that's when your brain is the most susceptible to stress. Your brain is in that theta state. And so you want to make sure you're doing really intentional, slow, relaxing activities that are more inward focused. 
About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I really love that you're talking about like intentionality and slowing down. I literally recorded an episode earlier today where I was talking about that because I feel like we're in such a state of like, go, 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 always on the go, wanting to check off more things off our to-do list, get more things done in a day, be more productive. And I think that's beautiful, right? Like being able to stay on routine and get things done and all that good stuff. But in all of that, it can be so easy to forget to like slow down, be present, breathe, actually take in your surroundings, feel that gratitude and be grateful for where you are right now because at one point in your life this is this situation this specific reality was something that you were manifesting you wanted something that you have now so think even just like yoga meditation breathing exercises I feel like those are so beautiful I love that you said yoga I um, actually have it as one of my goals to like start a consistent yoga practice even if that just means like once a week popping in at a class in my gym and just like trying it out because sometimes it can be a bit intimidating I know some people are like I'm not flexible I don't want to do yoga I am the least flexible flexible person, <laughs> the least flexible, but also <laughs> something that you need to work on too. Cause I know that when you're, as you get older, like flexibility and mobility becomes so, so important. So I love that you yes. mentioned all of those. And those are such beautiful ways to kind of like slow down, be present, even just like taking a walk in nature, like going outside sounds again, so like cliche, but it's like just 
go outside, go, go for a walk, leave your phone at home and just like chill, like enjoy the walk itself. Yes. And just to add to that, cause I, I want anyone listening to this. I, I come across that a lot as a yoga instructor. People find yoga very intimidating and I can understand because I have been practicing now for eight or 10 years, but before that I found it very intimidating. And even when I first started practicing, I found it very intimidating because I am not flexible or naturally flexible either, like really tight muscles and tight hips. And I always found it, you know, you want to, you're kind of looking around and like at everybody else and all the crazy stuff that they're doing. But just as a friendly reminder to anyone listening to this, there's no such thing as being good or bad at yoga. Like it is a practice for you. And if you're going to a studio that makes you feel intimidated, find another studio <laughs> that's more inclusive and that is has better, you know, classes. There's so many classes out there, heated, non-heated, that are slow flow. There's yin yoga, like just go around and try different classes and find your home. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like just the, the I don't know, maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like the heated classes are nicer too because it almost feels like you're a bit more limber. Like you're concentrating so much on like the fact that it's hot and you're overheating that like you don't really care about what's going on in the mat next to you, what's going on with you. You're like, I need to be present and I also need to like cool myself down. So the heated classes I really enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to switch gears a bit and dive into a chat about hormones because I know you also talk a bit about hormones on your Instagram and also on your website with your clients and all the things. So before we like you know, dive into this fully. Let's set the stage a bit here. What are hormones for anyone listening who's like unfamiliar with the actual definition of a hormone? Yeah. So hormones are chemical messengers that tell every cell, every organ, every tissue in your body what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and how to do it. They are like the the male men and the male women, like going around sending out messages to everything. And whenever they're working optimally, that kind of keeps your body in that homeostasis and keeps everything flowing well, but whenever they're a little bit out of whack, their things are off, then that's when you start to experience a lot of discomfort and different symptoms. So now that we have like that definition of hormones, I would love to know what are the specific hormones that play a huge role in our day-to-day experience as women? Yeah. So I would say for starters, and it's so interesting too, because a lot of people only, a lot of women only think about hormones when thinking about their period or thinking about wanting to get pregnant, right? But our hormones affect everything. They affect when we wake up, when we go to sleep, how hungry we are, our energy levels, all these things. So something really important to take into account, not only to look at your hormones when you're trying to get pregnant, right? It's like this, it affects us all throughout our lives. So I would say the most important hormones and the kind of the big players in a, in a woman's body. So you have your circadian rhythms. These are, um, this is the, the wake and sleep cycle. So when you wake up in the morning, cortisol is going to be at the highest point because that's what's actually, what actually gets you out of bed. Maybe a little bit of adrenaline depending on how loud your alarm clock is, but you'll have a little bit of cortisol. So that's cortisol gets a bad rap because it's called the stress hormone and too much cortisol can be bad, but we need healthy amounts of cortisol to keep us going. Otherwise we'd all just be laying around sleepy all day or just lounging around. So we need cortisol. It, needs, it pumps you up and gets you going. So then throughout the day, you're going to have different levels of cortisol. Your hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin impact how hungry you are. Uh, so those are a couple of important ones for women. Also, The thyroid hormones, T3 and T4 are very important. At, that impacts your metabolism and your energy levels. So those are fluctuating throughout the day as well. And then as you get later into the day, your body's going to start to hopefully release serotonin. Serotonin is the feel-good hormone. It's mostly made in the gut. So I find a lot of women that have gut issues, 
also have uh, serotonin issues. Whenever people who struggle with anxiety and depression have really low levels of serotonin usually, then serotonin is the precursor to melatonin. Melatonin is the hormone that helps you fall asleep. So that you you need a little bit of serotonin in the afternoon, evening to help kind of boost melatonin in the evening. So those are kind of your wake sleep cycles. Outside of that, in terms of reproductive health, the important players, there's so many hormones. It's like a big cocktail, but I'll just highlight the top three, I'd say. So estrogen, which everyone hears about all the time at the beginning of your menstrual cycle, let's say we're looking at a a perfect, quote unquote, perfect 28 day menstrual cycle. Those first 14 days, estrogen is going to be amping up uh, because your body is uh, preparing to release an egg. So, and then around the time that you're starting to ovulate before your body releases that egg, you're going to have a little bit of testosterone. Now testosterone, people, women get scared of that because that is a hormone typically associated with men. Men and women have the same hormones, just in different amounts. So we need testosterone. Whenever you are ovulating, your body's releasing the highest levels of testosterone. And the reason for that is it amps up your sex drive, which whether or not you choose to have a child biologically, your body wants you to reproduce at the time that you're the most fertile when the egg is there, right? So then you, your body will start to release progesterone after you ovulate to start building that uh, uterine lining to house a baby. Now, if you didn't become pregnant around the time you ovulated, then after about 14 days after you ovulate, then your body, that progesterone will have a sharp drop and your body will start to shed that uterine lining, which is your period and estrogen picks back up again. So it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So I knew about estrogen, testosterone, progesterone. Am I saying that? Progesterone. Progesterone. Okay. I know about the, those three, or I've heard about them before, especially as it relates to the cycle. The other ones that you introduced, it's so wild. I never knew that serotonin being boosted helps with melatonin in the evening. And as you were talking, that made me think, so you know when you're, again, going through a period of stress in your life and maybe you're struggling to eat, you're struggling to sleep, you have low sex drive. Does it mean that like when you have this nervous system dysregulation, when you're going through a very stressful period in your life, all of the hormones are being either not produced or produced in a low amount that's basically not causing you to want to do all of those other things? Yeah. Well, so I'll give you an example because our hormones kind of work like a cocktail. And like if one ingredient is off, it kind of throws the whole thing off. So if you're in a chronic state of stress, you're going to have higher than ideal levels of cortisol, the stress hormone and uh, epinephrine, adrenaline. So cortisol will actually, when you have high cortisol, it kind of eats into your serotonin. Cortisol also will like eat up all of your progesterone toward the Uh, the second half of your menstrual cycle. So I find that women who have really, really highly stressful lives or have experienced high levels of trauma, they uh, will have that high cortisol and then they'll experience a lot of estrogen dominance in their menstrual cycle because their body can't keep up with enough progesterone to offset that really high level of cortisol. So you can have, if, if one thing is off, it's usually because something else is too high or vice versa. Like something might be too low and then something else is kind of high to, or another hormone is a little bit higher to compensate for that. Does that make sense? That makes sense. But then with that, would there then be a range of like what is acceptable or good? Because if it's something like, you know, cortisol has to be at like a, let's say like a 24 and like estrogen has to be at like a 25. And then, you know what I mean? Like that's so exact, but I feel like that would be really hard for probably most people to get that exact balance. So is there like a range that you typically want things to be at? And I guess, how is that measured? Is it like percentage or, or what is the measurement for a hormone? Yeah. So in lab testing, they, they can, 
do it by percentage. They can do it by like, I can't remember what the unit is, but there's like a unit measurement that they do it by. The only challenge with that is because our hormones fluctuate all throughout the day, you can measure it in the morning and then, you know, it's not going to be the same at night. And so um, it's hard to, to say like, oh, well, my, I'm, it's quote unquote normal. So like there are a lot of lab tests out there. And I, I do refer out to some, you know, for some of my clients that have really extreme, extreme symptoms, I'll refer out to them for, to get some lab testing. But I usually find you can just go off based on how you feel, right? Like if you're, if your sleep is off, if your digestion is off, if your energy levels, if you're getting that sort of tired and wired, like you're, you know, really wired at night, but then you're super tired all day. Well, that usually tells you that, you know, your wake sleep cycles are off. So yes, there are ways to measure it. And I, yeah, I apologize. I can't remember what the unit is that, they, that we use in the lab testing, but the best way is just by how you feel. Yeah. I think that is a, a really good one because obviously the lab testing is going to help you be exact, but I think being able to like go within it and that's probably the presence that we talked about, right? Like being able to actually be like, how do I feel right now? Whether it's in this moment or consistently, like that's being able to be self-aware with your own body and kind of connect on that level and say, oh, I'm noticing something's off with my sleep. Or even when we have that, like that gut reaction, that gut, like that gut feeling or that drop in our gut, is that a hormone thing as well? When you kind of experience the, the intuitive, like drop in your stomach of something is off or something is wrong. I'm assuming that would be related to cortisol or, um, epinephrine? Yeah, it could be. It could be related to cortisol. I know what you're talking about, that intuitive feeling. That's kind of where the the science and the woo-woo kind of come together. So I couldn't tell you for certain, but certainly, yeah, if something is, uh, if you get like a really good gut feeling or a really not great gut feeling, you might get a little burst of cortisol, which would cause you to get some of those flutters. Uh, maybe a really, really good feeling, like a really high level of serotonin might give you some of those flutters as well. But yeah, you know, going back to what you said too about the body awareness, and that's what I do with my private clients and some of my programs is getting women more connected to their body because we have lived, we live in a society where we've completely outsourced our health. That's why my like tagline is I help women become the CEO of their bodies because I'm like, I'll have women come to me and they're like, well, this doctor said that I have, you know, this or that, or this symptom, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, what is your body telling you? Like, don't get me wrong. There are some amazing, intelligent, qualified people out there, great health coaches. There's great nutritionists. There's great doctors. And Dr. Christian Northrup said this, I'm going to quote her doctors, nutritionists, health coaches, everyone, they have a body of knowledge, but only you have knowledge of your body and you have to be the one to, to tune in. And that, like you said, that's where the body awareness comes in. And like, you can look at all the lab tests that you want. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really about tuning into your own body and like, you know, your body best. Yeah. That's why you hear like those stories where people are like, I went to the doctor and they kept running tests and they kept telling me I'm fine. I'm fine. But like, I knew something was wrong. And then eventually they end up finding out like they had this rare condition or something that the doctors weren't looking for, but the person was able to be like, I know the tests are showing up normally, but something is off and something is wrong. And I kind of feel like that has to do with tuning in and, and knowing yourself so well that you're like, I can tell when something is off with my body. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, let's go into how these stress hormones affect us as women. Can you dive a bit into that and like give us, I guess, some more of those symptoms that you described earlier? Yeah. So I already kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'll dive in a little bit more. So whenever you're really stressed, when your body is constantly pumping out stress hormones, obviously it's going to impact your sleep, which sleep is the foundation for health. When you're sleeping, that's when your body is repairing, digesting, restoring. If you're not sleeping, I don't care how many crunches you do in the gym. I don't care how healthy your diet is. I, I told my clients, I was like, I would rather you be getting nine hours of hardcore sleep per day and be not eating very healthy than the, you know, than 
the opposite of that. I'd then be like, well, not sleeping at all, but eating really well because sleep is so important. So getting a lot of sleep and whenever you're stressed, obviously that's always going to impact your sleep. The other thing too that I, that I touched on is estrogen dominance. You can experience estrogen dominance by having too much estrogen or not enough progesterone. And the not enough progesterone comes from high cortisol quite often. So whenever you're really stressed, your body is pumping out cortisol and cortisol is going to eat up the progesterone uh, levels, which makes you have low progesterone. So what that's going to do, is going to cause estrogen dominance. And the symptoms of that are pretty much all the unpleasant symptoms that we experience and you know PMS and a lot of women experience around their cycle. So irregular menstrual cycles, because your body might delay ovulation, weight gain um, usually in like the mid mid area the hips and I say weight gain without any other like if you change your diet or you know aren't you know moving your body then you might gain weight but like if you're doing all like all the quote-unquote right things and you're just like seeing this weird weight gain in, in strange areas that's typically associated with estrogen dominance um, if you're feeling really emotional particularly around your, your menstrual cycle or, or whenever you're having your period now a lot of women do experience a little bit of emotions but I'm talking about like crazy mood swings like that feeling where you're like, I literally think I'm losing my mind. I think we've all been there. That is typically linked to estrogen dominance, which is caused by low progesterone from stress. Really painful periods or really, really heavy periods, particularly if your period is really heavy the first two days, that's also a sign of estrogen dominance as well, which can be caused by stress. I'm trying to think what else. Those are probably the main things, like really bad PMS symptoms. They've been trying to, you know, the science around migraines, there is a correlation to estrogen dominance, which is um, stress related, but they haven't made a direct connection, but certainly I've seen a lot of clients I've worked with who have had really bad migraines and we, you know, worked on some practices to help their body detox that excess estrogen, manage stress, and we saw a decrease in migraines. So um, basically all the like really uncomfortable symptoms you experience as a woman related to your menstrual cycle are typically connected to stress in some way. Yeah, just escalated, which fill up. <laughs> Okay. Well, those are, those are really good to know. And I'm sure like, I know I have friends who have struggled with some of those symptoms, at least at one point in their lives. I know I have struggled with those symptoms at one point in my life. And so it's, it's interesting to hear how that can be so directly correlated or just like related to your hormones and kind of, you know, the estrogen dominance, as you said, I'm really curious how hormonal birth control comes into play and one, how it works, but then two, how does hormonal birth control actually affect the production of those hormones or I guess like the lack of and then how does that then affect our actual symptoms that manifest from that? Yeah, for sure. So hormonal birth control, uh, you know, and I want to preface this by saying every woman has a right to make every decision that she wants with her body. Hormonal birth control is uh, a good option for some women. I personally am not a huge fan of of the side effects. So that's going to come out as I'm talking. So I like to just say this, like you can, whatever you choose to do with your body is your choice, but it's hard for me not to, to share, uh, you know, what I, what I have found about it because I've researched about it a lot. And basically what happens when you take hormonal birth control, you are taking synthetic hormones. When you take synthetic hormones, your body stops producing the hormones. So a lot of like the old tale about hormonal birth control was that it uh, tricked your body into thinking you're pregnant. But what it's actually doing is tricking your body into thinking it's in menopause because your body stops producing those hormones. So a woman's body on hormonal birth control is more similar to a woman's body in menopause than in pregnant. Because what the, the hormones you experience when you're pregnant 
are nothing like the, the synthetic hormones in the pill. So I just want to make that very clear. So you, whenever you're taking a, a nice, I say the pill or a hormonal contraceptives, such as like the hormonal IUDs as well, are, are looped into this category. Whenever you're taking hormonal contraceptives, it's basically cutting off communication between your brain and your ovaries. So what I like to tell everyone around it, you know, I compare it to a car. So if you uh, just didn't drive your car, you know, didn't use any of those parts or anything, didn't drive your car for a year or two, when you decided to turn it back on, it might, you know, need a little bit, a little tune up, but it'll probably be fine. But if you didn't just let your car sit in your garage for five years or even 10 years, do you think you'd be able to just turn it back on and it would drive like normal? No, it would probably take a lot of work a little and, and several like weeks or even months of work to get it going. And that's kind of, you know, what happens with the pill. So, and I, I say the pill, I'm including hormonal contraceptives. So with hormone contraceptives, it's just important to be mindful, especially for women who are taking it for reasons other than not trying to get pregnant. So if you're if you were put on the pill by a practitioner because you have irregular periods, the, the pill does not regulate your period. The period you have on the on on hormonal contraceptives is a withdrawal bleed because you're taking like the at least when you're on the pill, you're taking the sugar pills. When you have the hormonal um, IUD, you sometimes don't have a period for a while. So whenever you have a period, quote unquote, when you're taking the pill, it's just a withdrawal bleed because you're taking the sugar pills and not taking the synthetic hormones. You don't ovulate on most hormonal contraceptives. There's some now some like low progesterone ones that you might ovulate, but for most women, you're you're not. So that's just important to make that distinction. And if you you know plan to have or think you might want to have children one day, it can take a while for your body to detox when you get off of hormonal contraceptives. And for your all those, again, those just like a car, it can take a while for all those parts to learn how to communicate with each other again. So I always tell women, you know, taking it for a year or two, if, if you're, you know, traveling and you want to be, you know, sexually free and not have to worry about anything, like, great, go for it. But if you plan on, you know, having wanting or think you might want to have a family one day, just something to keep in mind and giving yourself that time uh, for your body to detox as you get off of it. And if you're taking it for reasons other than contraception, if you're taking it for, you know, irregular cycles, whatever, those symptoms are going to be there whenever you stop taking it. They're going to come back with a vengeance, actually, because you just shut things off for a while. <laughs> About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, 
a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2 and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Yeah, it's like you shut them off and now it's like everything is, It's I'm seeing like a fire hose essentially, <laughs> like that vibe of like yeah. everything is like rushing back in and you're kind of overwhelmed. The thing that you said about the withdrawal bleed, I feel like that and also um, that when you're on birth control, your body is functioning similar to a woman who is in menopause versus someone who is pregnant or, or perhaps just kind of like in some other part of her cycle. That is really interesting to learn because again, I think most of us were taught like, oh, you just, you can still have a period. Like you you had a period on your regular period off the birth control, but like now it's just lighter and or manageable, or you could still do this. And now it's just like, there were so many different things. And I don't know whether that was lack of research or whether it was marketing. I'm not really sure. Maybe a mix of both. But I think a lot of us have been sold a lot of lies for lack of a better word. I mean, I, it, exactly what it is, right? About birth control. And we, and also too, a lot of us started this so young. I know I did when I was on birth control that, you get into a point where you're so used to it. You're so used to not having the period. You're so used to not knowing how your body functions that when you come off of the pill or off of the IUD or whatever, it's a whole new world. You're like, how do I handle my period? Like, how, like, what does that look like? How do I track my cycle? How do I do all of these things? And so we're not taught a lot of that. It's like, okay, just shut it off. Don't pay attention to it. When you're ready to get pregnant, if you want to get pregnant, get off the pill, all will be good. And I mean, for a lot of people, that's not exactly how the story goes. So I'm really curious, what are some other myths about hormonal birth control that we can kind of get into today that maybe are some things that we have been told or taught that aren't actually true? Yeah, I would say, I mean, the only one other one that I can think of is just people taking the pill because they get migraines or because uh, they, you know, have uh, hormonal acne. Those symptoms are, uh, or yeah, are painful periods. Like, you know, I got on the pill when I was 17 because I had really bad, really, really bad cramps. Well, now knowing what I know, those really bad cramps, that's estrogen dominance. I need to detox my body a little bit, detox that excess estrogen. I need to work on my gut health to make sure that I'm having, you know, one to two bowel movements a day to get all that. Cause that's how the main way that your body detox is excess estrogen. But they just, you know, that was like the, the usual thing It's just, Oh, get on the pill for that. I'm trying to think what else? I mean, yeah, those are the big, the big ones I would say is like women taking the pill and thinking that they can get pregnant. The other thing too, I want to mention, I think, or thinking they can get pregnant after that is, but one thing I want to mention too, is the, um, the irony of we, many women take the pill because they want to be able to have sex and not really have to worry about getting pregnant, which is a beautiful thing. It's, you know, really empowering for women. Most women lose their sex drive when they start taking the pill because one of the main side effects of hormonal contraceptives is a lowered sex drive. So you're like, wait, I'm taking these, like these hormones so that I can have more sex, but now I don't want to have sex. And it also causes vaginal dryness and things like that. So it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, it's so wild, like some of the the symptoms, like when you really start to deep dive. I know like I had a, a part of this year where I decided to try birth control again. I was like, okay, like I went out for, it while, for a while, enjoyed that time, but I kind of wanted to get back onto a low hormone pill. And as soon as I did, I think it was like a week or two into it, I knew like this wasn't the path for me. It was clear. My body was like, no, like literally screaming because I had a lot of kind of the, the PMS symptoms that you described, but just like extreme. Like I was so sad. I was, the sex drive was completely gone. Like there was just nothing. I felt like a shell of myself. And I feel like, again, not shaming anyone's decision because you might be someone who's like taking birth control and you are thriving. You are living your best life. And I love that for you. But then there are some of us out here who, when we go on the pill or whatever the case is, IUD, it's giving, we're not ourselves anymore. And Mm -hmm. if you're in that category, there are other ways to track your cycle, to not get pregnant, to heal your body and do all of the things, heal your acne, heal whatever without having to turn towards synthetic in order to do so. And, you know, we're starting to see that shift right now. A lot of people coming off of hormonal birth control and really going back into the cycle of feeling as an empowered woman, tapping into learning about their cycle, learning about their body. I would love to know, like, how do you feel about that? I'm sure you love it. But like, what are your thoughts on that? Like that shift that we're seeing collectively today? Yes, I love it. It's it's interesting because, you know, the introduction of, of hormonal uh, contraceptives, particularly the pill in the 50s, 60s-ish was a really big deal for women because we finally could have sex and we could manage our our pregnancy and you know get married and have you know sex and also go to school and like get it you know whatever not have to worry about kids right away right so it was a beautiful way to manage our fertility which is amazing so it was, it's a gift and I, I say that I'm like it's a good thing now we're seeing women shifting back to like okay I don't want to put all of these hormones in my body so you know what can I do and there's so many great ways as you said you can track your cycle another myth you you know, we a lot of us grew up thinking that we're just super fertile and we can get pregnant every day of the month, which is not true. You can only get pregnant about five, or, assuming you have a regular menstrual cycle, you can only get pregnant like five to six days out of the month. So I'm like, why am I taking these hormones all the time if I can only get pregnant a few days out of the month? So yeah, I think it's so beautiful. And the other thing too is whenever, you know, a lot of people ask me in, in interviews or just even clients, like what's like the number one thing women should be doing? And I'm like, track your cycle. A lot of women don't start tracking their cycle and tracking their symptoms until they're trying to get pregnant, right? But you can learn so much about your body by tracking your menstrual cycle. Again, going back into that, tuning in and becoming more intuitive with your body, checking in with your body every day, tracking where you're at in your cycle, tracking your cervical fluids, tracking your period, tracking, you know, if you notice you have certain symptoms or you notice that you have more energy at certain times of the month. Like I always, you know, I'm ovulating right now. I always schedule all my podcast interviews and like really big meetings when I'm ovulating because I'm, I have high testosterone. My body is, uh, I'm going to be at my, my physical peak and my mental like sharpness peak as well. Also, like I've got a lot of estrogen pumping through my veins. So, you know, my skin is plumper and my eyes are brighter, things like that. And that's nature's way of trying to make me more attractive as a mate, right? So tuning into those elements of your cycle are just really beautiful. So yeah, I love that more women are open to this because I feel like 10, even five, six years ago, but like 10, 20 years ago, you know, I, I had a friend who referred to natural family planning or fertility awareness method, which is the uh, method of tracking your cycle to prevent pregnancy. Uh, they refer to it as Catholic roulette. I, I kind of laugh about that, but they're like, basically you're just like, and I'm like, no, it's not. It's actually a very effective way to manage your, uh, your fertility, to tune into your body. And it's really beautiful. And when I, you know, if I, when I have children, if I have girls, it, they, I will have them tracking their cycle and keeping track of all that information from day one and getting into that habit. It's such a, bar- well, it's such an empowering habit, I will say. And it's like, once you start to kind of learn that 
the cycle of your cycle um, and kind of yeah. learn those symptoms. It's so, it's so cool. Cause then you'll start to like, like, for me, at least, like I can tell when I'm going into like, um, I'm just, what is it again? Is it literally just like the PMS phase? I'm forgetting. Like, like whatever that week like, before. You, yeah. What part luteal. of the cycle is it? Luteal. I, I know when I'm going yeah. into that because it's like, I can feel that sort of like, kind of like dip in my energy. I'm not as exactly what you said. Like I'm not as, you know, hyped up as when I'm ovulating. I'm kind of like, there's like a vibe of like, I'm starting to get ready to kind of go inward a bit. And that's what like my, mm-hmm. like my actual menstrual cycle is for me is like going inward. I'm not, you know, if I go to the gym, I'm, I'm going on a walk. I'm taking it easy. I'm really being a bit more slow, a bit more intentional. Like I'm having slower mornings, just kind of like that vibe versus when I'm ovulating and I'm like, I swear to you, I can, I can lift a car during that time. Like I'm at yeah. the gym lifting and I'm going hard. <laughs> the music is blasting. It is a vibe. So it's like, once you start to learn that you can do exactly what you're doing right now. It was like work with that schedule, certain calls during that time. Don't schedule certain things during that time if you can't avoid it. And just like really work with your body in that way. I know you also talk about hormone hacking. Is this like what hormone hacking is? Yeah. So there's different words for it. Like hormone hacking. I call it cycle syncing, uh, but it's kind of, yeah, the same concepts. Like I plan, now obviously let me preface this again by saying you cannot plan your entire life around your menstrual cycle, maybe one day. But uh, right now, even if you can just plan like 20 to 30%, 20 to 40% of your activities in your life around where you're at in your cycle, you will just, it's amazing. Like men's bodies are on 24 hour, their hormones are on 24 hour cycles. Ours are on 28-ish to 30-ish day cycles, right? So like a a man's productivity uh, for on on a given day is like, you know, let's say it's like this. Ours is in a month is like this, but we get to the same place. Like if you like, we get to the same place at the end of the month, right? It's just different. So tuning into that and knowing whenever you're going to be a little bit lower energy, a little bit more introspective versus when you're going to be a little more outgoing and having a little pump of testosterone and feeling good and high energy is really important. So yeah, I sync my, my workouts. Like when I'm ovulating, I'm doing my hit workouts. I might go take a spin class. I'm taking, I'm lifting, you know, kind of heavy when I'm in that luteal phase kind of easing into uh, menstruation. That's when I'm kind of, you know, doing, you know, long walks, maybe some yoga, maybe even like a power yoga class, but just a little bit easier taking bar Pilates. When I'm menstruating those first couple of days, I might go for a walk. That's it. I'm not exercising really. I'm not doing much, maybe like a yin yoga class or something. Um, and then as I'm in follicular right after my menstrual phase, I'm kind of easing back into that like high intensity. So kind of going with that flow. That's not to say you can't take a hit class when you're menstruating. If you're on your period and you feel good, you don't have to, but I think it's a way to give your body permission to just meet your body where it's at and tune into those cycles. And um, I tune my nutrition into this as well. Uh, You know, eating certain foods like during the luteal phase, trying to do like more warm grounding foods versus like when I'm follicular into ovulation, I'm eating more like vibrant and like more raw foods and like colorful and things like that. The other thing too is like around my work, like I said, you know, planning podcasts and um, meetings and like events, things that are where I need to be really on during, uh, you know, my, when I'm ovulating or follicular if possible versus like when I'm menstruating, I'm like, I give myself a Saturday to just lay in bed in my underwear and just bleed and watch Ted Lasso or something, you know, like order in. So it's just beautiful when you can start. And again, you can't plan your whole life around this, but when you can start to just tune into it a little bit and then, you know, taking it a step further beyond just the menstrual cycle.
cycle of like knowing when it comes to just hormone hacking in general, you know, knowing uh, your body and knowing that, you know, in the early morning hours, that's when your cortisol is the highest. That's when you should get out your like really, uh, maybe your really high priority tasks or like versus in the evening, maybe that's when you write your emails or you like, if you're, you know, do content creation, like doing that because you're going to be a little more relaxed. And so just tuning into those um, hormone cycles in your body and using them to your advantage. Yeah, I really love what you said about also like following your eating or using your cycle to kind of help you figure out like what you should be eating or what maybe your your body is craving at that time or, or your what nutrition what nutrients you need at that time. I haven't done that specifically yet, but I definitely want to like try to lean into that a bit more. And years ago I had someone on the podcast who talked about um cycles as well and she described it with seasons. And that as you were talking about that, it kind of reminded me of that because I think she's said something like your menstrual cycle is like when you're in like winter and then you have like spring um, right after and then you have like summer and then you have fall and so even the foods you described like when you said like luteal you know and you said like more grounding warm I was like oh wow like if you think about it that's like what we eat in fall like we're having like pumpkins and squash (laughs) and like soup and things like that and in the winter I mean like what do we have in the winter I don't know but it's similar and then in the summer you're having like watermelon salad and like foods with like feta cheese like I don't know like you're having like those vibrant foods like you said so I feel like even understanding it from like that seasonal perspective can kind of help you, you know, turn towards some of the seasonal foods that are traditionally associated with like winter or fall or whatever. So that that was like a beautiful description. Yeah. 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 You're just giving yourself permission to tune into those cycles. And the other thing too, I want to mention is like when it comes to um, relationships and work and even emotional health, like knowing that when you're at the end of the luteal, like, or the first couple of days of your period, when you're in your menstruation phase, like you're going to be at your lowest point hormonally. Don't have difficult conversations. Like if you're angry at your partner at that time, see if you can give it a couple of days and see how you feel about it in a couple of days. You know, if you're feeling, if you're cr- like, let yourself, like I really try to use that time to like, let myself cry. If there's something that comes up for me every month around the time that I'm menstruating, um, I try to pay attention to it and like see what my body is telling me, but also knowing that like things are going to feel more heightened during that time. So before I take any action on any of those feelings, like let myself feel the feels but before I take action on those, maybe wait a couple of days until I'm at a better place hormonally versus like, again, you know, if I'm, you know, want to have, you know, if I were dating someone and I wanted to have a difficult conversation, if possible, if I could have that conversation around the time that I'm ovulating, because I've got a little more testosterone, I'm feeling good. I'm less likely to take things personally during that time, more likely to be solution oriented so really every aspect of your life you can tune into your cycle oh that's so cool and like that I think is super helpful too because sometimes when you're in that emotional state you can kind of like I don't know for me I'm very impulsive so I can be like as soon as the idea pops up in my head I'm I'm texting I'm calling I have something to say <laughs> and sometimes it's like huh if I really sat with that for a little bit longer like maybe we would have still had that conversation but I wouldn't have approached it with such a like a I don't know like a bulldozing mentality so I think that's mm-hmm. a really good tip just in general, you know, unrelated to the cycle, sit with it for a second, okay? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Don't be so impulsive. <laughs> but but no, that is amazing. Okay. 
About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, Haley, this has been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much. I feel like I learned so much about like my cycle and hormones and like hormone hacking. And even just, again, that idea of introducing your diet and how you eat and nurture yourself and kind of syncing that with your cycle. I think that's such a beautiful idea. So thank you for sharing all of this with us. I would love to wrap up this episode by one, asking you where we can find you online and follow along with your journey. And then two, asking what are some things that you are manifesting in 2020? Yes. So I'm really active on Instagram. My Instagram is holistic underscore in underscore Houston. That's my business name, holistic in Houston. So find me on Instagram, my website, holistic in Houston.com. I've got a ton of free resources there, blog posts. I am going to be releasing sometime in the fall, like a a women's hormone and nutrition guide. Um, I have a gut health guide on there now, but I will be releasing that probably around the time that this episode comes out. So be sure to check that out. And then, yeah, what am I manifesting in 20? Honestly, I feel like I've manifested nearly everything I I wanted. So I'm kind of reevaluating that right now. But I can tell you one thing I am manifesting right now is is a romantic partner. I'm manifesting, you know, romantic love. I have a lot of self-love and a lot to give. So that's something I've been um, really calling in right now and and tuning in. And then I'm also manifesting, I really want to create like some sort of retreat or experience for women. I do a lot of like, like, you know, couple hour events here in Houston, but I want to host like a, you know, an experience over a few days that really captures everything we've talked about 
that here and more. So those are a couple of things that I'm I'm calling in right now and starting to, you know, vision board. Oh, that's amazing. And I love that you're at a place where you've already kind of called in the things that previous you was calling in because that just basically tells you like the things that you're currently calling in now, like they're going to happen. Obviously, you know that. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that, but it's just beautiful when you sit with that and you're like, oh my God, like, wow, I really manifested all of things. And so like now as I'm thinking about what I want to come to me, like I know it will come and just kind of like celebrating that like as it's making its way to you. So I'm super excited for your partner, for your retreat, for like all the things that you have in store. Cause yeah, like even just you talking about it, like I, it's infectious hearing like your energy and your excitement for it. So yeah. What are you manifesting? I want to know what you're manifesting right now. Oh, <laughs> I am also needing to like sit with that and like, and, and re- evaluate uh, as a lot of things have come into my life as well. But I think one of the big things is just kind of like just clarity on my vision with my planners. I'm launching a planner in the fall of this year and it's just kind of like a daily planner. And I've had this idea for years and years and years. And so I think success around that, but I kind of need to sit with like what success looks like to me. I don't want to set just, you know, the Mm -hmm. traditional like revenue goals and things like that with a business. I want to kind of set more of like a vision-based goal of how I want to essentially create an empire, not just with this, but additional physical products, also events, also just like building community with Manifest Daily. So just overall, I've really been sitting with trying to just I, like get more clarity on like my values and what I'm calling in. And I think that to your point, like sometimes when you have manifested a ton of things and they they have come in or you're experiencing them now, it's good to just pause, reflect and kind of sit with like, okay, if I know I can literally co-create anything in my life, what is it that I want to create? Like it's literally the possibilities are limitless. So yeah. Yes. I love that. Well, if I don't get a chance to say it before, I am just really grateful for the work that you do. And I, I mentioned to you, I discovered your podcast like a little over a year ago at a time where I a really low time in my life and some of your episodes really resonated with me. So I know the planner is going to be a success. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Like such a full circle moment to have you on. So I manifested this actually. (laughs) Oh my God, I love that. Ah, I love it. (laughs) Well, thank you again, Haley, for coming on. And of course, we're going to have to have you come back on for another episode in the future. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest visit, a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's, let's hang out in Bali.